Welcome to our service podcast. Each week, we will have a different presentation, including different chants, different speakers, and different Dharma messages. In this program, we will participate in both seated and standing meditation, sutra chanting, and a Dharma message. From this program, we hope that you can gain some insight into the Buddhist teachings and into yourself. Please be seated, and we will prepare for seated meditation. Whether you're in a chair or on the floor, you want to sit with your back very straight, shoulders relaxed, eyes half open, half closed, gazing at a spot two or three feet in front of you on the floor at about a 45 degree angle, hands placed in your lap. Try to find a position uh, that we can hold without fidgeting. This is a prescribed, suggested posture, uh, but feel free to modify it as you see fit. Meditation is not supposed to be agony. So the suggested posture is to sit with a very straight back, whether you're sitting on the floor or in a chair. You want your back very straight. You don't want to have any weight leaning forwards or back. It can cause stress. Or left to right. We suggest you kind of rock forwards and backwards until you find that spot front to back that's balanced. And then you could rock left to right until you feel balanced in the middle. And then you want to have your eyes half open and half closed, gently gazing at a spot in front of you on the floor at about a 45 degree angle. We suggest this because if you have your eyes completely closed, it's easy to become drowsy and sleepy. And if your eyes are completely open, it's easy to be distracted by motion or light in the room. And then breathing, it's suggested that you breathe in through your nose by forming a vacuum with your tongue and the roof of your mouth leaving your jaw relaxed and open about a half an inch, and then breathe through your nose, down into your diaphragm, down into your stomach. The other thing you can do, there's a couple positions for your hands. You could take your left hand and place it in the palm of your right hand, touch the tips of your thumbs together, and then hold that in front of your lower abdomen with your elbows out. Another posture is to take the tips of your finger and thumb and touch them together on each hand and then pointing the remaining three fingers away from you, placing the back of your hands onto the top of your thighs. And be aware of your thoughts. Don't judge them and just watch them come and go. It takes time, but it works. And we will begin with gasho. In Buddhism, gasho is a form of bowing. Uh, It's much like uh, namaste in yoga. And gasho literally means to put one's palms together So what we do is we place our left and right hand together with our palms, and then we uh, hold our thumbs and our hands against our chest or sternum, and then we have our hands held at about a 45-degree angle. And then we slowly bow forwards another 45 degrees until our hands are parallel with the ground, and then we come up. And this is called gasho. It's a Buddhist bowing, a posture of humility and respect and refuge. And after we gasho, we say Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts. And that is the sound of enlightenment, much like Namaste. And we say it to each other, and we're saying it as we receive the teachings and as we are with the Buddha in this meditation service. Place your hands together, and we will bow and gasho. And then at the sound of the bell, we'll begin, and then we will end with the bell.
please join me in God's show. Naman doubts, naman doubts, naman doubts, naman doubts, naman doubts. Take a moment to stretch your legs, and we will have standing meditation. The feet should be about shoulder width apart, with the knees bent slightly. Upper body position is the same. Back straight and centered, shoulders relaxed, eyes half open. Standing in this way is a reminder that we can extend this way of being to our life when we're not engaged in meditation per se. We might be having to wait for someone to arrive or wishing some person would help us. They don't seem to be interested in our problem. Instead of becoming upset and agitated, we can have a moment of standing meditation.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will begin our second seated meditation. Please be seated. You can resume your former position. Again, back straight, eyes lowered, hands resting comfortably in your lap, legs crossed, or sitting in a chair. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. We will begin sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles represent bells for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters. And each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character. And it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then you'll see italicized lines. Those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlined character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, this is a form of meditation uh, rather than silent meditation. We're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it without realizing it. All right, we're going to chant Jusege uh, on page 39. Jusege is another poem or verse that can be found in the larger sutra. First, you have the Sambutsuge, then you have the 48 vows by the aspiring student claiming and proclaiming his desire to seek Buddhahood. And then after that, Jusege stands for repeated vows. So three of these 48, he considers to be the essence of his practice, and he repeats these three vows. And again, italicized lines are leader lines, open circles are bells, underlines are a beat and a half, and that means the next kanji character or sound is going to get a, a half beat. And we chant down the first column, reading left to right, and then down the second column, reading left to right. And then as we get about two-thirds of the way down the second column, you'll see that line has all underscores on it, ko, ku, sho, tenin, to, u, chin, myo, ke. So we're slowing down. I've mentioned before that the first two bells means we're beginning a chant. And then that single bell there means that we're changing section. And it's a little bit like a train. You start out chanting slow, 
you speed up and then you come into the station and slow down. And then we do Namo Amidabutsu as we do on all of our chanting. And then we end with the Ekoku. Dangon Cho Sengam Oh, uh-huh.
I am a ministerial assistant at Vista Buddhist Temple. I'd like to share something that has come up for me in thinking about the weather. The title is in the form of a question. I'll start by asking, how's your weather today? There is always something happening in the weather somewhere. Hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, and most recently for the West Coast, huge wildfires. I watch the Weather Channel daily, sometimes for a few minutes and sometimes longer, if there are threats of severe weather in portions of the nation. Mainly I want to know the temperature in my local area. This being Southern California, there is not much extreme weather. A rainy day is cause for celebration. Our weather is usually mild, especially near the coast. There is another reason I watch the Weather Channel. The other reason is the Weather Channel is one of the few places on the media outlets where what is happening in the world is out of human control. The weather is neutral. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. Cursing the weather, demonizing the weather does not make the weather better or worse. Mother Nature is more non-discriminatory than human nature. There's another kind of weather that I want to talk about, and that is our inner weather, as opposed to the weather outside. I attended a virtual meditation recently, and the leader began by asking participants about their inner weather. I found this to be a good idea. Since then, I do a daily check when I get up in the morning and ask myself, how is my inner weather today? This is basically a way of checking on my mood. Actually, I had been doing this for a while by using an interesting object that I found in a thrift store. The object is a big pink cube containing six sides. On each side is written a phrase. 
Here are the six phrases. One, adulting is hard. Two, living the dream. Three, can't even. Four, best day ever. Five, ugh. Six, the struggle is real. The usefulness of the cube is that you can choose how to reveal your inner weather forecast for the moment or the day, maybe even the month, if the cube seems to be stuck on a phrase. Before the COVID-19 pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement, I chose best day ever on the majority of days, while occasionally selecting, ugh, now, I seem to be stuck on the struggle is real. Is there anyone else finding the struggle real? I imagine I am in good company with that opinion. The other phrase that pops up for me is, adulting is hard. Why do I think adulting is hard? Just look around. During the COVID-19 pandemic, trying to get adults to protect themselves and others by wearing a facial mask and practice social distancing meets resistance from many people who see the safety request as an infringement on their personal freedom. Adulting is also hard for parents who are trying to work from home while at the same time caring for young children. Most schools continue to offer education virtually so parents have an added responsibility in that process. Why is it important to take your inner weather temperature? All of the phrases on the cube indicate our attitude as we respond to what is happening in our daily life. It also helps understand that not all days will be good or bad. Everything changes. When we are able to notice our inner feelings as bad weather, we can make time to relax. And by taking some deep breaths before moving forward, further, we can realize that it is in our power to change our internal weather outlook. We can choose to be calm and peaceful, or we can let the dark clouds hang around to spoil our day. What is really important during these uncertain times is finding ways to take care of ourselves mentally and physically one day at a time. Checking your internal weather temperature is offered as one way to calm the storms and restore a clear outlook to what lies ahead. We can see that the struggle is real, our adulting is hard, without succumbing to the challenges that come our way. How does the personal weather forecast relate to Buddhism? Buddhism is a practice of self-examination. Buddhist teaching asks that we, without judgment, see all aspects of ourselves. We can uncover the causes of the turbulence within that creates inner weather conditions of disharmony. This disharmony fits the description of Shakyamuni Buddha's teaching of the first noble truth of life being filled with dukkha or discontent. We can't change the weather conditions outside, 
that's up to Mother Nature. However, we do have control over how we respond to what we are feeling inside. With peaceful awareness, we let our Buddhist practice be our guide in how we respond to whatever comes up in our personal weather forecast. With palms together in gratitude for the Buddhist teaching, Namo Amida Butsu. Thank you. This concludes our podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and gained something from this segment. Please join us again. And thank you. Today's program was presented by Ministerial Assistant Roz Dong, Reverend John Turner, Reverend Ellen Crane, and Minister's Assistant James Pollard. Executive Producers Reverend John Turner and Jim Scott. Produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. Directed and engineered by Reverend John Turner. Edited by Jim Scott. This program includes excerpts from Time Stood Still by Riley Lee, used with permission. This program is copyright 2020, Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. All rights reserved. For more information about this or other podcasts, groups, and activities, BCE classes, or temple services, visit us on the web at ocbuddhist.org.